and welcome to the Rock Lives Here podcast. I'm your host, Scott Smith. If you've been tuning into Rock Lives Here Radio, then thank you very much. I really appreciate the support. You'll really find these podcast episodes a great way to catch any chats that you might have missed with all the great artists that are featured on Rock Lives Here. If you're new to Rock Lives Here, then head on over to rocklivesheer.com.au to stream the best thing you've never heard in rock radio here in Australia. You can also download the app via Google or Apple app stores. Also, definitely keep up to date by subscribing to the Rock Lives Here mailing list and following Rock Lives Here on all the usual social media channels. All the links for those in the show notes below and over at rocklivesheer.com.au. Summer in Australia and immediately my mind thinks of songs such as Great Southern Land from Icehouse, Down Under from Men at Work and Ganga Jang's Sounds of Then. I had the pleasure of talking with Mark Callahan from Ganga Jang about their current tour, which hits Melbourne's Memo Music Hall in St Kilda on Saturday, January 11th, with a few more shows to follow in New South Wales before their trusty combi van is put in for a good service and tune-up after 35 years touring this great nation and even internationally. So check out my chat with Mark. We talk a little bit about, I guess, his experience coming from the UK writing Sounds of Then. This is Australia and I guess, you know, relating that now to the, the current bushfire crisis that's, uh, that's gripping Australia. And yeah, you know, also a great insight into what Mark has coming up. Uh, you know, it's not the end for Ganga Jang. They're just having a bit of a break after uh, 35 years of touring. And we'll talk about what Mark's going to focus on during that time. You can check out the remaining tour date, follow the Melbourne date in the show notes below. So enjoy and yeah, make sure you crank a bit of Ganga Jang. There's no, no better Aussie band than Ganga Jang to uh, have a bit of a soundtrack for summer. Hey, Scott, how you going, mate? Good, good, good. I'm doing really well, thank you. How's uh, how's your day been so far? Well, well pretty good. You know, just, uh, we've been doing a bunch of gigs, so I just got back into town. What day is it? Today's Thursday. Got here home Tuesday night. So, you know, had a couple of days off, and then we're back into it uh, on Saturday down in Melbourne. Down in Melbourne, sunny Melbourne as it is today. Are you in Melbourne? I am uh, a little bit out of Melbourne, but yeah, I'm just about, about an hour out of Melbourne. But uh, but yeah, down uh, down here. So it's uh, and how's how's your, how are you going? Flyers wise? Yeah, we um, well, where I live, I'm on the west side. Um, it was yeah. so not affected directly, but it was a really yeah. um, really weird day. I think it was on Tuesday with all the haze yeah. and vis- oh. and and visibility was down to like where I live, a hundred meters. So driving. Oh. Was, it was, it was yeah really surreal and i'm like god i can only i can't even imagine what it must be like in in the areas where you know where people oh. are obviously directly there no, it's a freak out. it's a total freak out I, mean, I live out of sydney as well but an hour south yeah in the, in the southern highlands area so it's been all around us you know and i'm actually in Middagong and you know a couple of well, one of the local villages got taken out last week so it's just it's so stressful, isn't it? You go, not, you know, we should be good here, but you know it only takes one spark with the wind in the right direction and you're in serious trouble. Tying in, yeah, tying in a little bit, I guess, with you know, with your band and the history with the whole surf culture, I think that's the thing that, that, that's kind of shocked people a little bit of, you know, it's right near, you know, kind of coastal towns. And... Yeah, that's right. It's, it's incredible, isn't it? I mean, so we just did a whole bunch of gigs. We went up um, from... We had New Year's Eve at Port Stevens and then drove north and 
finished that week up at Caloundra mm. and we, you know, we did it by, by car because we had gigs along the way. And, um, you know, we drove, drove through a couple of um, bushfire areas, which was like just freaky. Mm. Um, and then, but then you get to sort of places like Wagorga well, and, you know, and, and, and then north of Byron was really pretty green. They had some good rain there around uh, Christmas Eve, I think. But, um, you know, so dry, so dry at my place. And you walk around the garden and it's crispy. You know, I've never experienced anything like it. I've never experienced it at all. And I've been living in that area for, I don't know, 25 years. Okay. Nothing yeah. even close to this, yeah. But, yeah, it's funny that that kind of connection, that sort of soft culture connection, which has been, you know, a real um, boon for us, you know, over the years. And it all started with that Mad Wax video in, mm. I think it was 86 or something, that, um, that, that our music was in, which was, I don't know if you're familiar with that uh, piece of, Pop culture, it's, it's fantastic. Actually, have you ever? Have you, do, do, do you know about Bad Wax? Uh, I I I know of it. I haven't seen it, but yeah, I need yeah, to. The, the, it's so funny. The reason <laughs> it's so successful, right? Is, is there's three things. First of all, it was you know, one of the earliest surf videos ever made yeah. before they really became a thing in the late eighties and nineties. So that was the first thing. The second thing, most of those surf videos they have, you know, it's just the footage of, you know, this person surfing there with this piece of music by this band and that person surfing here with music by a different band, a different song, you know. So they're all compilations. Well, Mad Wax only had our music in it. Yeah, so that's okay. unusual, yeah. right? And then the third thing was, of course, most of them are just, as I say, compilations of surfing footage and here's Tom Cowell here and here's, you know, this guy there. And uh, But Mad Wax actually had a plot. Okay. Right. Yeah. And, and it had all these surfers of the of the the, the star surfers of the era acting <laughs> really badly. <laughs> so so it, became, it became this sort of surf classic, you know. It's this cult classic, and and of course again because the surfing industry was or the surf um, competitions were quite uh, in their early stages. Then you would get they used to do like sixteen of the top surfers in the world traveling to each competition, then they would generally pick up about the same number of sort of localish surfers to make up the numbers and the competition mm. would progress. So it was almost like this big tour that went everywhere. And so the surfers, you know, got really into our music. So everywhere they went, whenever they had their parties or whatever they did, they would play our music. So it got, it got spread into all of those little spots around the world. And, um, you know, it was just it was so fantastic for us. And we ended up being, I think, I can't remember what years, but for a couple of years we were the, you know, the best band in the world as voted by the Professional Surfers Association in America. Yeah. <laughs> hilarious <laughs> when you think about it. Just bizarre, it's bizarre. I think, you know, got us to tour in Brazil and, mm. you know, west coast of America. And, yeah, so good, really good. Amazing. And and I guess the, the thing, well, two things sort of fo are following on from that or tied in with that is that, so it wasn't just obviously one song that was in Mad Wax. It was a whole album, wasn't it? That whole debut album was pretty much what well, was Well, pretty featured. much. It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't all of it. <clears throat> I'm struggling to remember which yeah, song. Yeah, but yeah, I got yeah. a feeling there was like six out of the ten. Yeah, okay. And I think, I think plus, plus. Did a whole bunch of instrumental sort of music to go with it, you know, like a sound, you know, soundtrack, you know, underscore thing, like that yeah, in a yeah. movie. So I think, yeah, it was either six or seven songs that were in it. You know, there was a couple that weren't, 
But um, so yeah, it, it kind of it was really quite broad, you know. And then we had some other songs like um, again, I can't remember which ones, but we had different songs. And there was a big movie made on the, you know, like an actual because of this whole success of this mm. surf culture thing. One of the major studios made a movie called North Shore. Um, uh, you know, I don't know what the year was, but one of our songs was in that film. I think it was Sounds of Them. I think, yeah, but I'm okay, not sure. Yeah. You know. Because of course, you know, and in, you know, like in Brazil, "Sounds of Them" is not our most popular song. I actually think it's a tune called "Hundreds of Languages" is our most popular yeah, song okay. over there, wow. okay. which is off, you know, an album, you know, two albums later. So, you know, and then "Give Me Some Love" and a few other ones. But yeah, so it's it's um it's it's uh, yeah it's been it's been great, but it's it's been a it's been a wonderful and a strange trip. <laughs> <laughs> and, and where I know your background, you're originally from the UK, but within the band, were any of you actually surfers? Yeah, well, Buzz, Buzz and Jeff used to surf a bit. Yeah, okay, um, yeah. Buzz, Buzz more than Jeff, but as I always say to people, you know, I'm a you know, I'm kind of built more like a surfboard than a surfer. <laughs> so you know, you know, and as Woody Allen says, I don't tan, I stroke. <laughs> so um, you know, so and of course I, you know, I was a very keen sportsman uh, uh, all the way up until I got into music. Basically, till I went to uni, I played sport four or five days a week uh, at high school and stuff. It's a captain of the soccer team in the first cricket. You know, played rep cricket, played rep soccer. Rugby league, rugby union, you know, any game going, but uh, like a dog, you know, give me a ball, I'll chase it. So if I'd have got to Australia sooner, probably, you know, yeah, I would yeah. have got into surfing, but I was too old, I was 15. When I yeah, yeah. So. with some of the lyrics of specifically Sounds of Then, I mm. guess, you know, which was your first impressions coming to Australia from the UK, you know, I guess now 35 years later, it's, you know, you've well and truly. Uh, you know, kind of <clears throat> reinforce that with, you know, I guess the, you know, different things with climate and obviously as you've, exper as you've experienced the harshness of Australia and touring around mm. uh, this great country. So it's amazing. It's mm. amazing how it's, but it's changed, you know, I mean, it really has changed just in our, in our lived experience, but, you know, down my way in the Southern Highlands and you talk to the old timers there and, you know, they talk about when they were kids, you know, it just fr everything froze in winter. I mean, this doesn't happen anymore. You know, we, when we first moved down there, I mean, one of the reasons they established that region was because all of the, you know, the original white people that came here, it was just too humid in Sydney for them in summer, so they kind of had their, you know, places up in the country in the highlands. And now, of course, in summer, we're feeling that same humidity. I mean, it's just, you know, this, this warming of the climate. And, you know, I've got to be honest, it just makes me incredibly angry that um, you know, when I was at, I studied architecture at uni and yeah. so I was at, I was at uni in, at Queensland in uh, I think 78, 77 78 79 and even then <clears throat> we were talking about this stuff you know, they, they, you know it was a thing it was, it was a thing way back then it was a thing in the late 80s and just you know these, because of I would classified essentially corporate greed they've all just sat on their hands so they could grow their profits and yeah. you know, it's, it's put everything at risk <clears throat> yeah it's incredible it's not uh, not a great situation at all um, it's not at all you know how different it would be um you know if you were to sit down and write uh, the sounds of then here in 2020 compared to back then and i was 
I was nearly not going to ask it just because I'm like, well, now in the in the context of, of everything, it, you know, it's, yeah. it's a hard question to try and uh, to put you on the spot to answer. But yeah, you kind of think about that. I've been listening to the song a bit the last few days, and uh, it's funny, isn't it? It's funny. I think that you know, um, uh, you know, you think of a lot of these sort of classic Aussie songs, you know, like um, Down Under and um, Great Southern Land. It's kind of interesting because, you know, Colin Hay, he's a, he's a pommy, mm. you know, mm. Scotsman, I should say. Yeah. And um, originally came here as a kid. And, and even Ivor, I think Ivor was born uh, in South Africa. Mm. Mm. So, you know, he's got that background. So maybe, you know, I don't know whether I, how I would go trying to write that song now. Maybe you need those sort of fresh eyes in mm. a sense to to kind of, you know, see things and have a different perspective than maybe you would if you, you know, grew up here. Mm. You know, you should not to say that you look at, you know, artists like Paul Kelly and his ilk, I mean, you know, some of those lyrics that he's come up with over the years are just, you know, fabulous. Yeah. And there is so much great Australian music around and, and how it's grown in, in my time has been really wonderful, actually, mm. to see um, because, I, you know, I think we do it, as well or better than any any other country in the world, to be mm, honest. But mm. um, so yeah, I don't know how I'd go now with that. I mean, I you know I still love my lyric writing. It's still for mine the hardest part of the process. You yeah. know, coming up with coming up with tunes is quite easy, but you know the moment you open your mouth, it's like what are you going to say? <laughs> and say something interesting, hopefully. Yeah, I was going to say. So you're still <laughs> actively writing? Is that you? I know you oh, ha- yeah. you have solo material as well, don't you? Yeah, that's right. But I mean, I, for, I mean, my output hasn't been. Look, my output um, as a songwriter is is kind of huge. Um, is, uh, but I, I do that, a lot of that at home, and um, you know, I, I probably only I, I often need a deadline to, to yeah, really okay. finish material to get that third verse together and to get the arrangements together. So I, I have heaps of some songs in the. You know, in, in the working bay, so to speak, that need to be finished. But but I write every day. I sit with the guitar. I find it really relaxing and meditative, and it's really good. But my, in terms of output uh, regarding records, it's not been my output's not been huge. But the main reason for that is that I've worked in the music business, you know, for the last twenty three, twenty four years. Uh, you know, so doing various things, mostly in, in blog and music publishing running publishing companies and, you know, that sort of thing. So, you know, I've actually had a full-time job for yeah. all those years. So yeah. in terms of, you know, making albums, getting out and touring, it's not been, you know, as productive as maybe, you know, I would have liked. And uh, so whilst the uh, whilst the bus might be coming to the end of the road after 35 years, sounds like you're still going to be uh, incredibly busy probably uh, during 2020 and beyond musically. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And, and look, I, I think we, we haven't, uh, we haven't, uh, we're, we're not pulling up stumps. Per yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, basically, um, we're just going, look, we want a break. And, and to be honest, a lot of that's come from me. Yeah. Because um, uh, my workload, just, you know, as a, as a total thing, you know, I've, I've got four kids, you know, they're all adults now, so at least I'm kind of through that. But, and that's still the main reason I got myself a job, but it was impossible for, you know, raise a family on a musician's mm. wages as we all know you know my workload has been full on over the last 20 years and basically every time I have a holiday I go touring with the band and uh, and you know so many occasions that you miss so many things that you would like to do 
um, you, uh, you know, I don't end up doing because you know I'm away doing gigs. So for me, it's like guys, I just want to have at least a year off. I just want to know that next New Year's Eve, I'm not going to be playing a gig and I can enjoy it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I want to. I want to be at home for Christmas. I want to be at home for these holidays. You know, yeah, or, yeah. or go and do something myself. And also, I want some time to um, to get into my own music and you know finish off a whole bunch of songs, some of which might end up being gang songs. I don't know, um, but it's really about you know focus. Where you go, okay, I'm wanting to you know uh, just reorganise things. I've got to do uh, so. My house in the Highlands, where we've lived for years, you know, um, I used to commute to Sydney for all the, the uh, for. You know, 10 years I did that on a daily basis and that's so, like from where you are, imagine you've got a mm. job in Melbourne and you're driving into Melbourne every day and out yeah. again. Yeah. I, I actually worked it out. I, I drove to the moon and back <laughs> wow. um, okay. uh, <laughs> over that time. Uh, and uh, so, you know, there wasn't a lot of spare time. Mm. And um, so now it's like, guys, I just want to have some time. You know, I need to after that 10 years I had a job and I couldn't do the commute anymore so we lived in Sydney for about 7 years and we're just moving back to our place in the Highlands and we need to do some renovations so there's an awful lot on the on the, uh, the an awful lot in the in tray if you know what I mean and yeah. so I'm just going to go I just need a year to just focus on that all that other stuff get my house sorted out you know organise you know I actually want to get into more music so I'm kind of reducing my time that I'm working in the business down to you know a couple of days, three days a week, so I can have more time for music, yeah, get okay. my house yeah. sorted out. So it's really actually it's, it's not you know the end of the road for the for the band. It's mm. more like just okay, we're having a, a, a an organised hiatus. Yeah, and yeah. also Scott, it's not like we've gigged ourselves stupid either. I mean, we only do about twenty gigs a year. Yeah, yeah. So that's the you know it's not like we're going to deprive Australia of our, our services. <laughs> but um, it's, it's really just about a bit of time to reorganise and, you know, get having sorted out just, you know, for me. And the other guys are all happy with that too. I mm. mean, um, you know, I, I know that uh, everyone's got things that they need to get sorted out. So, yeah, we've always said let's take a, let's take a year off and um, just um, not take any gigs and then we'll see where we're placed sort of, you know, maybe next summer. It may start up again. And given how quickly 2019 oh, seemed to fly by, it's like it's so inc- it's so incredible. How old are you? I'm forty. Let's say forty-five. I'm forty-five in, a, okay. in about six yeah, weeks. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny. You're probably starting to notice it, but Absolutely. as you get older, the time just speeds up. Mm. Do you remember when you were in high school and you're like, "Oh God, summer holidays. What am I going to do for three months or two months?" You know, <laughs> and every day. But now it's like you blink and three months has gone by. It's just phenomenal, mm. you know. So, yeah, I think it's uh, – so, yeah, you start to think in terms of, oh, look, I'm going to take this year to do that. You know, whereas when you're 30 or 40, you maybe go, oh, you, you know, you're thinking about a month or two months ahead. Yeah, yeah. So, again, that's all kind of feeds into it where you go, look, I just want to have a different headspace for a year and get some other things sorted out. And uh, know that I don't have to get on the plane or you know pack a bag again. Mm-hmm. Um, so and so and, and my history too, Scott. It's like I, I, I've kind of been doing that since I was a kid. You know, yeah, yeah. My, my dad, my dad was in the British Army, and so we moved every two years. 
all different parts of the world, you know, finishing with uh, migrating to Sydney and mm. moving to, to rural Queensland, then down to Sydney for uni, and, and then the band. You know, yeah. And then, and then Ganga Jang. And, so, yeah, it's been full on. And touring into the far reaches of the likes of Brazil and, as you said, right. everywhere, yeah. Well, I highly recommend it, by the way, if okay. you ever get a chance. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. It's an awesome country, awesome place. Would that be one of your uh, sort of favourite places that you've actually that you've toured with the band? Yeah, I mean, look, it definitely is. But also, I have to say that having the privilege of kind of getting paid to go to basically all over Australia over the last whatever it is, you know, 35 years, has mm. just been amazing. You know, from Port Hedland and Broome all the way around the coastline to, you know, Melbourne, you know, all the way up to, you know, Cairns and beyond Darwin and, you know, various everywhere in between yeah. um, has been just amazing. But Brazil is just such a wonderfully interesting place, you know, and um, so, yeah, definitely would be a highlight. And Melbourne, down here, as you said, this weekend at the Memo Music Hall in St Kilda. Mad Wax, haven't you, that's been screening as part of your shows? Is that the... That's, that's right. And hopefully they'll be showing it at that one as well. How does that sort of fit in? Is that uh, before you guys are playing or is that during uh, during your set? No, before. That's we before. just sort of play it on the screen before. And, uh, and it's, it's gone down a storm, you know. We get young people have never seen it before, you know. Chuckling and chortling away, <laughs> and uh, and we get the older surfers reliving their memories and uh, and our broader audience because it's not just surfers. You know, mm. we've got this, especially you know because of sounds of band, etc. It's really quite a broad audience, and of course they're all a bit bemused to wondering what it's all about. So <laughs> it's, 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 it's been terrific, actually. It's been great. And now I guess you're at that stage where you've got potentially three generations of, of families as well. Yeah, it's. it's it's really, it's wonderful. It's, mm. uh, you know, I certainly never thought I'd still be playing in the band after, you know, this long, but um, it's great. And, and I guess it's that, it is that thing with us where, where we haven't, you know, gigged ourselves to exhaustion and, and, you know, the longevity of the band. We had one rule when we started, it was so interesting, because we'd all been in these, these bands in that real amazing live touring era of the, the very late 70s and early 80s when you know, I mean, when the Riptides came to Brisbane, came to Sydney in 1980 mm. we did 160 gigs in I think it was seven months seven months wow yeah six or seven months <laughs> yeah or maybe it was eight months we did 160 gigs you know you would do a double sometimes you know so you play out in the suburbs, you know, you know, as a support act, and then you race into the city and do the main spot somewhere else. But we'd done that and Buzz with the Angels and Jeff in the Aliens and Rob played in various bands and Bailey, and Chris Bailey in mm. the Angels and lots of other stuff. And what we what we knew was that, um, you know, that pressure cooker environment just, just blew bands up. Because, you know, you were just travelling all the time and living in each other's pockets. So right from the beginning, we, even when we couldn't afford it, um, when we got ourselves into debt, um, we insisted that we all had our own rooms. No sharing. Yeah, okay. No, yeah. no sharing of rooms. And we mm. said every young band, that, you know, they ask you, how do you do it? And you go, don't share rooms. Mm. So at least at the end of the day, you can close the door and have a little bit of space to yourself. You know? 
Um, so, and then the fact that um, we haven't toured endlessly. You know, we've toured when there's been an album, but um, you know, then in the interim times, you know, 15, 20 times a year, which if you think about it, is kind of you know, you know, one weekend a month away. Mm, yeah. With your with your mates, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. A bit, it's a bit like going fishing. And when I come home, my wife says, "Yeah, it smells like you've been fishing." <laughs> um, but <laughs> um, but uh, and so it, and, and it's been a real, a real joy, you know. So you know, you get to <clears throat> excuse me, you get together. Yeah. You fly oftentimes somewhere quite exotic, Broome. You know, you play a couple of gigs. You know, you get drunk with your friends and have a lot of fun, and you know, they give you a bit of money and they send you home. Mm. <laughs> so it's it's been it's been terrific, you know. So that's why we've I think been been able to sustain it for so long, and that's why I think that in terms of you know having a year off, it'll it'll fly past. Well, look, I won't hold you up much longer, Mark. Good on you, but that's all no right. Worries, um, mate. Is there anything else you wanted to, to add in about the uh, the upcoming shows? Yep. No, not at all. Just just. Uh, um, Lovely to chat. We um, one thing we are doing in these actually these shows, it, which we haven't ever done in the history of the band, is that we've actually decided in the last sort of mm, ten months that we're during the set we are actually playing. You know, there's a, there's a song from a song or two from some of the bands that we used to be in. Yeah, so okay. songs yep. from our family tree, which is, has proved to be pretty. It's, it's been been great. People love it. Yeah. So that's kind of quite interesting. But no, it's lovely to chat and, um, you know, uh, catch you in the in the soup somewhere. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah it's been a, been a pleasure, Mark, and uh, stay, no stay safe and uh, enjoy these last shows and more importantly, yeah, enjoy your uh, 2020. Sounds like it's going, Thanks, to be a, going to be a good year for you personally by the sounds of it. Yeah, so, it yeah. I hope so. Yeah. Go on, your score. Alrighty. Cheers, mate. Thanks, Mark. See okay. You. Bye. Bye. Well, if you want to check out more cool chats, then head on over to rocklivesheer.com.au for all the past episodes. Would also love it if you shared this episode with your fellow rock-loving fans, whether they be here in Australia or around the world. Don't stop believing, and I'll catch you in the next episode. (laughs) 